How's it going, guys? I'm Zeke. And I'm Jake. You're listening to the Cinema Sideshow Podcast. Episode 13. Did you just cut me off? No, I feel, I feel we were like going really fast together. No, I'm really annoyed. You I'm just so, I'm you sorry. just cut me off. It's episode thirteen. So you can start again if you want, and then uh, like you can you can even say my part. Well no, because that wouldn't be professional if we restarted. We're a one take machine, we are. We've never restarted a podcast at all. <laughs> We've never at had all. a false start. Or no, trickster. how are you, Jake? We've had a big week. We've had big weeks, eh? We've I haven't seen re- you much. We went to the footy together. We did um, last like, Sunday. This is weird. It, it's weird because last week and this week we've been super late. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, by I'm, late in the sense that we're a day, we're a day. Well, like a day or two. But this is actually consistently a day because we came out on Tuesday. Yeah, we came out last. No, we came out last Wednesday. Did we? Oh. It was in the morning. It went live in the morning last week, and then this. I mean, it's up to you. It's already pretty late. It's up to you. It, you're you right. Know, it is consistently late, which is we better delivered than delivered one a week. One a week. There you um, go. We'll, so, we'll get back on Monday next week. We will. We'll, we'll do that. Well, it's been a we very hectic couple audience. of weeks, a lot of production stuff, which we will talk about in the show. Ooh, exciting um, So that sort of stuff will come on. I mean, the whole point is to keep track of our careers, yeah. talk about movies that influence our careers, and yeah, and yeah. sometimes we're just going to have to be late. Sometimes Hopefully in the future we might pre-record I'd... a little bit more, maybe plan it out, but... As of right now, we're a little cooked. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, it's this isn't the most topical show in the world. We don't talk about news or anything like that usually. We just talk no. about the films we've seen and the films we've watched. Yeah, we give um, the audience so we can, a week to watch it. So we can pre-record in some like a day or two early, so we, whenever we need to. Um, but because last week we explained we we were late for a couple of reasons. Number one, we did uh, a short film which we're going to talk. We we talked about it a bit last week. But we're really going to talk. We're going to talk about it a bit more today. Um, with uh, it was us with Jack and Chloe and and Keish and Jack and Chloe themselves were on the podcast last week. Yep. So we had a big four person show and that was another reason why we were pushed a bit because we wanted to make that happen and I'm really glad we did because that was an awesome discussion. A lot of people enjoy that episode a lot, um, so yeah. it's really cool to um, it's cool to have a panel. I'm a little, I'm always a little sheepish to get four people on a podcast, but it it did... can go awry easily. Yes, but I think but it, this I one think it went really well last week. It stuck to its guns. It was really, yeah. it was pretty awesome. So. I'll, t- I'll take the um four for this week. I felt really, really sick last night, and that's the main reason we didn't record yeah, was, then. Uh, um, which we are, but humans we can get into it. We are humans with voices and watching a Detroit lot of movies become human. <laughs> but I mean, anyway. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to this week? Big week when it comes to things that are coming out that just came out yesterday. The first episode of Game of Thrones came out. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, a yeah, big, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one. A big I one. have not watched it yet. I will definitely... I mean, the the problem with... That's I will never talk about Game of yet. Thrones on the show because I feel like there's almost this sacred cone of silence that that no, show has. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, Apart from... I will watch it tonight after the podcast. Nice. That's pretty much... And I hope to get to watch every episode week by week from this point onwards, because... Surely. It's the final push with that show, so... you got, what, five episodes after now left? Yeah. yeah. It's five. It's eight. I think it's eight No, episodes. it's, it's six, six in total. Wow. But they're long. They're all... From, I think I think the first two are just under an hour, and then three to six, like, the, that collection of episodes is, like, at least 80 minutes each. Okay, well... We'll see how that goes. So pretty much movies in their own right. Um, yeah, the short features like that. It's it's incredible. And like some of the production stuff I heard. I remember when they were shooting that season, what like a year ago or whatever. Now I um, remember some of the stuff coming out that they 
what, like one episode took like fifty five days to shoot, yes. or, something, or like a, or like a sequence, like a battle, something like that. Yeah, no, yeah, that whole battle, that whole episode took fifty five days. That to is shoot. absolutely and there was nuts. one sequence in it, which is a one take that goes for about seven minutes. There um, are features that take significantly less time than that. Yeah, to make. that's incredible. So that's 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 pretty incredible. Um, it's pretty i mean it's an iconic show of the last decade so yeah well i'll see how that oh they goes. have the that sounds like they have the budget for it they absolutely can, um man. i've watched i'll i'll try and um start watching that i'm honest honest to god i'll start watching game of thrones this week and i'll see if i can catch up for that finale wow that's because i already feel out of the loop with the discussion big binge watching session for yeah, you it's a big one that's well a... they're, they're, short, they're short seasons though yeah, ten like episodes. 10 yeah roughly i have watched a couple of films um, which I've still struggled to put up. Um, it's been a hectic week. I'll be sure to put them up on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's next. a bit falling behind, mate. It is falling behind. Hopefully, in the the breaks coming up, um, when we start to get a bit off peak time, I'll be able to get myself back on track. Yeah. But it's that's just, a good point, actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I have watched a couple. I've watched The Ides of March, which was a George Clooney directed film. Okay. Um, nice. I've watched that. So that was number eighty nine. Number ninety was Twenty One Grams. Which oh, was, what do you think? I enjoyed it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've heard you talk about 21 Grants before. I wanted to... I found it on DVD, and I was like, sure, I'll oh, watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, it was interesting. Um, I like Benicio Del Toro. Mm. Uh, I can watch him in pretty much anything. He's very good in it. Sean Penn's okay in it. I'm not a big Sean Penn <laughs> fan. Um, the film's not my favorite Inu Witu film. Um, yeah, fair but enough. you can see the groundworks for where he went on to make things like Birdman and The Revenant. Um, jazz. What's his next project right now? Don't know. I've heard. I I checked it up. Now I've forgotten it. But I will. I'll be sure to fact check that and check that back in the uh, later gonna, in the episode. Yeah, I'm gonna lose my my phone's on six percent. I'm gonna lose my fact checking in about five seconds. But that's okay. Um, and I also watched um the film that we'll be talking about today. That's true. Shazam. I did watch that too. We watched it together. Yeah, we, we did. We went to the movies. Just the just the two of us. Just the two of us. It is a shame that um Jackson the Pod we didn't we admittedly didn't make much of an effort to get Jack on the Pod because it would have been a good one, but he did give very, very brief thoughts last week mm. on it, and I think we can uh, topple onto that Absolutely, later in the show. I think so um so they're the films I've watched in the last week. Not a lot to want to add to um, previous weeks, but that's fair. We'll be hopefully getting back on back on track. Doing better than me, mate. I've watched Shazam, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a, it's just been a crazy time. But I think I, I think we've been more on the creative side this yeah, week. Yeah, which branching into that, we could easily talk about that stuff right now. I mean, yeah. So you, do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about your stuff that you've been doing? I, like, yeah, I'll start with mine. So um, why you've been so knackered? I've been knackered lately. I've had like absolutely no sleep the past. We just wrapped on a short film. I think it was about 12 pages, I want to say. It was a um, short film called Otto, uh, which I was a unit manager on and, mm. and also kind of like a runner, a bit of catering and stuff like that. So I was kind of a, uh, doing a lot of roles on that, and those were quite long days. So I was working mostly with a crew that I, I sort of knew in the corner, but like I never actually really worked with any of them. I, wor- I worked with Mike on Home again, which you directed, actually. Yep. Um. That was about it, and th- this is like a crew of twenty plus people. So I pretty much knew like absolutely no one. So it was a good, that was a great experience. Like six, like thirteen, fourteen hour days back to back, 
with the same crew over and over again, getting to know each other was like that was a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember saying this not long ago that I really wanted that that film um, or that filming experience where um, like a crew travels somewhere. They travel down south or they travel wherever and they all kind of band together for a certain amount of time. This wasn't exactly that because you know, we, we all went home at the end of the day and stuff. Uh, we weren't like camping at night in location yeah. sort of thing. Like that's what I pictured in that. But this got pretty close to that and I think we kind of had this cool little unit. So it was very challenging, very long hours, mm-hmm. you know, but... um. I think I'm. I think I'm happy I've done it, and uh, I think I'm liking where we're going with this. I think it's going to be interesting. Cool. So yeah. Um, Probably can't then, talk about too much uh, fun on set stuff. I don't. I don't want to get because it's very fresh. Like we wrapped like five hours ago. <laughs> after like yeah, like again, like six six days in a row, like at usually twelve thirteen hour days. Um. So everyone was just absolutely knackered. Yeah um from that so we're just coming kind of coming off that and i have absolutely i couldn't give you any sense of clue on the editing time because there's a lot of even though the they've edited it quite quickly they're actually doing some editing on set during the recording which was pretty cool so you see very very rough kind of assemblies of like little bits and pieces which was cool but it also helps them obviously check continuity and all that kind of stuff yeah um so that was really awesome to kind of see and um be a part of that and just kind of not necessarily network, but make friends who are like, hey, I do this too, you know, sort of things. So that's cool. Just to kind of add to that pile of connections that you have already. Yeah, you're just building it up. Yeah, exactly. You know, just add, add a few names to that list and see who you like, see who works the hardest, you know. Um, no, it was an awesome experience. And like, like I said, I don't want to give too many plot details because I don't really know what's the go. Um, there was like an Indiegogo campaign a few months back. For the film, I'm trying to remember what like, the logline was, but it, let's just say it involves a mirror and a lot of chroma key stuff. So that's why I was a very intense six day shoot. It was mm-hmm. a lot of complications with that, and I don't know how a lot editing is going to take because of that either. But uh, I'm quite excited, and they've got their they're going to do their festival run. So cool! If that ever you know comes ashore anywhere near the the circuit, then I'll be sure to let you guys know where you can catch that. No, that's and, pretty cool. Uh, but, it's good um, to get on more sets. Yeah, you know, exactly. More... Do more, try more roles that you haven't done before. Meet new people you haven't Absolutely. worked with before. Just try that. And I think my only on-screen presence is a uh, magical door closings. So if you see a door sort of magically close on its own in on set, yes, that's me. I'm fair enough. I'm on my knees closing doors. I'm glad to see uh, you're starring in something. It's good to see you back on. Uh... <laughs> I'm back, back on the screen, the... back in front of the camera. I'm in front of the camera, but just under the lens view. There's an art to being in front of the camera, though. <laughs> you know. Yeah. A... Well, I'm not actually in the film. Like, oh. like I'm, I'm, I'm hiding under like a door, like then close, like yeah, I'm not actually on the lens. Well, you know. Although there might maybe be, you'll there get might be one day. There might be some because they had the live feed from the camera to mm-hmm. the monitor in the other room. So every time was like you get you turn into a five year old kid again, where you want to do faces at the lens. Because oh, you get because yeah. you get immune to that, but now it's like oh, but there's other people in other rooms looking at this monitor and mm-hmm. see you're like I'm gonna pull faces at the lens <laughs> and look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. no so like I said, I like, like a good experience. I think I think I came out of that pretty happy with what I got out of that. Well, that's pretty cool. And uh, what I'm probably going to continue to get out of that, just in the sense that the film's obviously still being made. In posts and um, making a lot of friends from there, and yeah, 
I think it was fun. But uh, Ziggy Boy, yes. what have you been working on this past week? Yeah, so um, we've we've kind of got well, I've gotten pretty stuck into um, the short film that we did shoot that we all uh, shot at the top last of... weekend. Yeah, like think, we've, 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 we've definitely ironed out our roles um, and where everyone sat in that film. Yep, um, I'm pretty happy with where everyone got distributed in that film role-wise. I think um, Chloe definitely outright, in my opinion, was definitely the, the the anchor behind shooting the film and capturing a pretty sound film. I've shown um, James... Pretty, pretty sound set. film, you say? Yeah, speaking of sound, uh. yes, you were definitely the head of the <laughs> I sound. Did, I, did, I did some sound on that. Um, <laughs> basically, this film, uh, there will be a teaser coming out tomorrow. This podcast will probably come out tonight. Um, nice, nice. Might go live tomorrow morning on Spotify, but just keep a lookout on ZKJ Productions. We'll be releasing the thumbnail for The Pretender. The Wednesday. The Wednesday of this week. Yes, the Wednesday of this week, yeah. which will mark three days until the film will come out on YouTube, which will be on the 19th um, this Friday. Good that'll, Friday. That'll be two days. Two days, sorry. It's three days right now. Two yeah. days tomorrow. Beg my pardon. Oh, even um, closer, guys. Get more excited. Well, if you count Wednesday, it's three. Three, one, two, three. Yeah, I, yeah, the way you worded it. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's coming out on the 19th, Good Friday, which I think is a funny uh, coincidence. Someone said to me, they were like, well, Good Friday is a very family-orientated film. Um, and there might be a bit of parallels be a with that. thematic connection there. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, I'm very happy with how it's turned out. I'll be showing probably Jake post-podcast what he v- thinks of the, the final, final. Final, final film. How much has changed since... Uh, we can get into that later. Yeah. I've uh, seen roughs. I've seen roughs. You've seen roughs. Um, I like where it's going. It's very... Um, I'm very happy with how it's turned out. It's a very nice little neat sort of... In the school of the cradle sort of... Uh, it's, yeah, it definitely is a nice um, spiritual success as a cradle in terms of kind it still of... still deals with it's little, family thematic... It, it's, yeah, it's fat, uh, family thematics that continue on. But even just mm-hmm. the way it was created, it was created in this... Little bubble in the short amount of time, mm-hmm. like a sweet story. Yeah, that I think I think people would dig. Yeah, and it's basically what it is: is it's a film that's discussing sort of the uh, sacrifices we make to platonic and romantic relationships in pursuit of that materialistic mm. ideology, which a lot of us put pressure on. And it's definitely something, especially I've definitely, in this industry. Absolutely, in this industry, yeah. um, we see it all the time. It was a lot of fun to make. Um, the roles will become more apparent a bit later on, but I did write and direct this film. It's kind of where we, we ended up sitting on it, and I'm also yeah. in it. So that's a bit... He's in it again. Yeah. He's not just... homeless this time. I'm not homeless. You know what? This could also be... Because we've talked about this being thematically connected to Faces well, in the Crowd, the, u- the universe, but then it could also be connected... Actually, wait, no, that doesn't make we need it. We need to figure out this timeline. Yeah. If we're going to connect Faces in the Crowd... Cradle, and have you announced the title? The Pretender. Re- yep, The Sorry. Pretender. I, was like, I, I couldn't you remember were, if you've already done it or not. Yeah, so it's called The Pretender. Um, it's based... Uh, the original concept idea was based off a song loosely and was kind of... As I've, a lot of these A lot films, of your ideas are based on songs. A lot of them are based off a song it. and then adopted um, in a format where that song could kind of fit itself in that place. Um, and this one... This one's definitely a very loose interpretation of that song. Um, I showed the film to my mum, who also was aware of the song, and she couldn't really see it. 
Um, but I think it's how you interpret a song or how you interpret art. Yeah, exactly. Like you take inspiration from your interpretation of the song. Exactly. And while someone else has that different and interpretation. Honestly, it, it came out very strong. Like I said, I showed it to the guy at Stars, who it's really funny given that it's coming out on the 19th of the 4th. Because that marks a year. A year, exactly, from shooting faces in the crowd. Exactly. I love that so much. And I didn't realise that these are just coincidences that have lined up. And it does star James Norton, who was the star of Faces. And also was... And I you, was you also, also in, in both of them, yep. Um, so there's a lot of weird sort of like full circle sort of stuff going on. Um, I feel like even in this film you can see there's kind of a, an evolution yeah. in visual aesthetics um just uh, it shows a growth which oh, a lot absolutely. of these films, all these films are platforms for growth from that origin point yeah. and it's just a bit crazy that it comes out yeah a year before um it does have special thanks to clicker which is your company uh oh, yeah. and Chloe Holmes that. photography which both got nice uh, little shout outs there little shout outs very um, nice and I'm looking forward to bringing it out, everyone checking it out. Um, it took a couple of really big nights. Yeah. About a big week of editing and big overnights here and to get it looking in a place where looking I was satisfied was, with yeah. it. Because I don't like putting out stuff. I feel we take these opportunities we should take these opportunities to try and build that portfolio up yeah. and to, to expand it and really try and get some short, meaningful pieces because I feel like there's a there's a mix between being passionate, but then almost putting too many eggs in the one basket. And there's that fine line as mm-hmm. a student where it's like, it's not going to be a home run. You're not going to hit one movie at, like your first movie is not going to be the home run. It's, it's not going to be one movie and that one takes you off to the races. You know, it, it takes time and effort. It's a marathon, not a sprint, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's something that I feel like I've learnt a little bit or at least how I've learned it. Maybe other people still think that right. all you need is one film, but I don't think it is. I think it's a honing of the craft until you make that one. Well, I think that's the main thing is like honing your craft. Exactly. Like, yeah. Building your portfolio and making like, yeah, just a collection. Well, I mean, yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's a really strong, simple film that kind of in this, in the school of, of cradle tells a very simple story. Mm. But it tells a clear, coherent story that has a lot to, uh, you know, offer. Yeah. So, I think that that makes me feel like pretty satisfied with how smooth it ran, how visually appealing mm. the film came out as. Yep. Um, and just what it really just has to say, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, no, it's it's great, and like like I said, with Cradle, like those thematic connections between two, there's like those those short, sweet little fond memories that we yeah. have as creators and other people have as, as an audience to watch these like mm-hmm. little short films that just kind of come out and um, have something really meaningful to say. Absolutely. And I think Cradle had a big impact on people. I think it did. I think it really started to push us in a more positive direction. And then with with a couple of months later, Home Again coming out. And um, I will be s- slowly laying the breadcrumbs, crumbs, beg my pardon, uh, for a documentary I finished at the latter parts of last That's year, right. yep. which will be coming out probably in May, so that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm excited for it to come out. Um, 
It was a big... Have I seen the full... I don't think I've seen the full version yet. I've seen, well, like, there you go. You shortcuts. might have to wait for the release to come out, Jay. Oh, I'm going to have to wait like everyone nah, else. No, I'll probably just show you on the side, <laughs> to be honest. But who knows? I'm pretty sure I have a private link already. Probably do. I probably do, to um, be honest, yeah. That was a lot of hard, long nights here, too. Um, and I think it'll be a nice thing to, to just tease and bring out towards the uh, end of... Basically, the end of end of May is kind of where I want to I see it. Was that end of end game? End of mm. which is next week? Oh my god, I'm really fucking excited. For yeah, that. that's pretty crazy. That's coming up. Yeah. So no, well, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm proud of what we did with the Pretender. I'm really excited for it to come out. Yeah, it was um, it was a real fast knit couple of days with a real strong visual story. So, and like I said, the person who had starred in it shown it to a couple of people in the sense of like just to try and like more generalized viewers because I was like getting a general eye to this sort of stuff yeah and lesser lesser film eye and well, it's, it's it. good to get that like kind of audience feedback from like yeah. different types of people in the industry out of the industry different kind of cultural experiences or ages or whatever you know whatever you have it it's always beneficial and it's another strong film yeah, yeah. another strong showing so that'll be uh be cool to I can't wait for it to come out yeah. on Friday. So, speaking of stuff, I can't wait to come out. There's been a couple of trailers Ooh, that we've this has been a trailer one talk, one this? that one we kind of dogged last week, which I completely wish mm-hmm. we didn't, and another that uh, just came out very Ooh. recently. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about the one we dogged last week because a trailer for Joker came out, and we completely forgot wow, to talk about it last week. We forgot about that. Yeah, man, That's crazy. Maybe it's because I just felt so like. I was like, well, I know I'm seeing that. Well, we jumped right into us last week. We we, we did That's like true. it was like our shortest first half of the show ever. That's true. It was like twelve minutes long or something. It was so short, which I loved. Just as just as well, because it was like a forty minute conversation. Yeah, about no, us, it was so. a great we we still made up our time. It was our shortest episode to date though. Yeah. Which like I was a, quite like happy. It was nice, short and concise. It was great. Um, so what did you think of Todd Phillips' Joker trailer? I am excited. It looks, I love, this is what Jack has termed it as like, it looks like indie as fuck film. Yes. Like with the colors and all it that looks, kind of stuff, the way it's working. It, I, I, I'm gonna, it's taken my money. It's already got yeah. my money. You know, oh, I'm gonna see incredible. it. And the fact that it can shift even someone like me who has become very cynical yeah. And fatigued by superhero movies. So feel excited for a superhero movie again. But this isn't even a superhero movie. Well, that's maybe that's why. Like, it's literally just a dude, and it's like the exploration of how I society has fucked him up. Yeah. I haven't felt this excited for, even if you don't deem it a superhero movie, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. is in that genre. Um, I haven't felt this excited since Logan. Yeah. So, yeah. And Logan was brilliant. Um, uh, these even with Endgame coming out, of course, I'm gonna go see it because it's just like finishing my assignment, basically, <laughs> of these 28 films. But I haven't 20, felt 22, ex- man. I, I don't know. They might be 20. No, it's not 28. 22. Okay, I'm Beg a nerd. <laughs> 22 films, whatever. But like, whatever, Jake. I, like, yeah, I just not excited <laughs> for that. And then this film I came out, and I was like, oh boy. Well, I know I'm watching that. I haven't yeah. felt this keen for one. In... It it look it does look great. Like the way I, I think the music is really under. No one's talked about the music. The music's fantastic. That's always the thing I noticed first. It has a great like, 
like shift and especially mm. there's one there's one point when it just gets so sinister and so mm. creepy um is oh, what what point it's towards the end of the trailer where oh it's when he walk he's walking down the hallway mm-hmm. and it's like your first proper look at him in the full costume makeup and the music just bam 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 and it just goes and it's like fuck yes this is so it's, good i'm very this is clever was, um, there, was there another trailer there was another trailer that came out. Yes. Little thing called uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Star Wars Holy Episode Kamala. 9. How did we forget? How did I forget about We this? haven't talked about this yet. Oh, boy. Now, uh, okay, context for audience. I love The Last Jedi. Zeke fucking loathes The Last Jedi. Yeah, I'm in the... I'm So basically what it is is I think I'm very... I'm Star Wars fanboy, and Jake is... Star Wars, Star Wars fan, yeah. Star Wars passive, basically, yeah. yeah. Like he's probably he's not. It's not on the same level of like Jake's real Harry Potter fanboy. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to admit that. Or... I can admit that anything Fantastic Beasts has put out is just like <laughs> okay. But I'm talking about Harry Potter. Harry Potter's great. Yeah, no, see, I... with it, mate. But but I also don't despise those movies. I don't think any of that. Well. Some of them I'm a little bit with, but some what of them the I think are really you, good. Mate, what do you despise? I don't like Order of the Phoenix or Half Blood Prince, and I don't like I don't like okay. five to five to eight basically. Well, five to seven, eight's okay because eight's kind of the payoff. Okay, that's fine. Um, one five, to- five, whatever. Six, I have like personal connection to that. Seven, I think's great, but that's okay. fair. That's you. As long um, as you uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, man. Come on, yeah, no, it's amazing. Well, it's amazing. Uh, Three and four are the best. Easy. Easy. Well, back Um, to Star Wars. (laughs) Okay. So, but with Star Wars, of course, I think the prequels are shit. I think uh, the originals are great. I actually personally think my favorite part of Star Wars is those two animated shows, uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, particularly Clone Clone Wars. Wars. I never watched Um, them. I think I watched a Clone Wars movie. That was There's weird. a fascinating story behind that movie, how it shouldn't have been a movie, and it, it was actually the first four episodes of the show. Oh, and they turned it into a movie. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes and a it lot makes of sense. way more sense, um, just because the pacing is ridiculous. I was 11 when I watched that. In the but, um, and I think Seven was really fun, and I'm in that class of people that will protect that film from not being... A, it's not a carbon copy of Four. It's not. And I, I think... People need yeah, to... it's interesting because like I I I think it is plot wise it literally is but I don't care about that I still love I love both it's those brilliant. films I think it's a brilliant film I think it has moments where you're like it has a certain amount of fan service which of course it was going to have that fan service but needed to pace um, you back into a new version of Star Wars and I've progressively become more weary to the film I think Rogue One is it's funny I think Rogue One is probably the most divisive film on the planet. Because I feel like some people think it's the best Star Wars film, and then some people either think it's the best or, like... I really dislike Rogue One. Yeah, dislike or meh about it. And I think Rogue One's the best one. And that's, like, the craziest thing. Like, that or New or New Hope is probably the, the two that I always find... More I'm than like, The Last Jedi? Yeah, and that's the thing. Last <laughs> Jedi for me, yeah. I, a I, New Hope is not decisive. People love A New Hope. Oh, oh, you mean device? Yeah, I don't think New Hope. Oh, is. sorry, these yeah, are my okay. favorites. Your sorry, favorites. I should have gotcha. branched it. Divisive, I think definitely the most divisive film is uh, 
Last Jedi, Last then Jedi. Rogue One. I yeah. think you're right. I agree. I think Solo, most people don't like Solo. Most people don't care about Solo. Most people don't care about Solo. I don't think they even dislike it. They're so exhausted. I think fan service. And, I, and the whole I'm thing was... I'm asleep already thinking about that. The big, <laughs> the big thing was, like, when we had the debate when Last Jedi came out, it was the Blue Velvet podcast, and Jack and I got into a very heated debate about it. And Me and Keenan were like... On the other, we were yeah. also like on sides, but we were just more quiet about it. <laughs> yeah, and the thing was, he was just like, "You like getting fan serviced," and I, and the reality is, I don't because things like in Solo when Darth Maul appears, That's I didn't so give stupid. I didn't give two fucks about. It was like I didn't care. The movie I didn't care about. The fact that he got his Han Solo name in one of the most ridiculous. Lazily, how does written. he get it again? I remember he's by himself, and the imperial dude goes, "You need to have a surname," and he's by himself. And he's like, "Solo." Is that it? Yeah. What? Well, my, I, I forgot about this. I've it's seen so it. Bad. I swear, I've watched this. And movie. it's like, there's probably, honestly, as the a huge <laughs> Star Wars fan, it's my favorite franchise. I can openly admit, half the movies suck, and the other half are really. They range from. Eh, to really good, but the bad ones just oh they've gotten to me. The older I've gotten, the less it's like. The more I'm like harding, finding it harder to defend Star Wars. And Last Jedi, I went to a midnight screening and I watched as people who dressed up in Star Wars uniform took their took their clothes like they took like their took their clothes. They off? were ashamed of wearing Star Wars stuff with that movie. The movie is not good. It's not. And okay, so. Coming back to the trailer. Let's, yeah, let's go. To, okay, trailer for episode nine's out. What do we take from it? Because we just assume everyone's no, seen it. Uh, it's, I think it's the same thing with the episode seven and the episode eight trailer. It, it's a teaser. It's a teaser. It's a big teaser. There's a minute 30. But there's, there's, a lot, there's a bit in there. Okay, so the no big plot ones, stuff. Absolutely big no ones, plot uh, stuff. Uh, Emperor Palpatine may be alive. Uh, Which is. I thought it was completely stupid until I realized I don't even care anymore. Yeah. I just don't care. <laughs> And Lando's back, and we've all been asking well, we for all Lando. About, we all knew about Lando. We all been asking for too too long for him to come back, and I think he looks old. Um, it looks look, like Carrie Fisher's look going to die in this film, which well, of course she's going to die in this film. Obviously, now she has to. I don't know if they originally planned on her dying, um, I've, I've, given the fact maybe, that she did pass know. away in real life. But. And it well, looks what like they're, they're doing, almost... what they're doing, they're using um, unused footage from episode seven, and apparently it actually works really well. Lucky, very lucky. Well, we'll see. It um, might be jarring as fuck when we actually yeah, see it. Works really well. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, that was me quotating, gotta, but yeah, with my you, fingers. You can't see quotating with yeah. your fingers. Um, but this is an and audio it looks like, podcast. I think seek. they're going to do the whole thing <laughs> where Mark Hamill comes back as like an Obi Wan like. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's in the voiceover. Yeah. And so... he and he's he's been on like. Jimmy Kimmel, whatever it was, basically being like, yeah, I'm in that film. Yeah. But I'm in it, basically. Obviously. So um, he's like, yeah. I'm not fussed. Like, the way he died, I didn't like, but I'm not fussed that he died, which was the big thing that everyone was very up in arms about. I wasn't fussed. I know these films are about the new people, not the old people. Yeah. I think his character was really poorly written in that movie. I think he's a grumpy old man for most of it. And then... He's not. And I don't know. That stuff with... That's some of the... Actually, the stuff that frustrates me the most. That and the Casino Planet. Between those two, I was checking out. Because 
there are shots in that, like the whole hyperspeed moment where it's it's amazing. It's an amazing shot, and it just completely blows you out of the water. Oh, and it's but, split in half the ship. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not pre- like it makes if you really think about like if you get nerdy on it, then sure, it's not practical. But some of these some of these you've got to have suspension. A display. lot, of, a lot of the nerdy shit like that, like the stuff about fuel. Star Wars never used fuel before. It's like no, they don't. But it's like whatever. Who it's never cares? been a plot point, yeah, which is kind of. It's like I whatever. There were bits I thought were very frustrating about the film. Um, that wasn't it. It just kind of was a bit of a boring plot. They didn't do much with Poe in this film, and I hope they do more with Poe because I really love Oscar Isaac. I mean, they'll do more Poe. I just, I like, I just, I remember. Look, I understand all the arguments in that, and I, I do, I do. Who was I talking? To? I think I was talking to Blake. Actually, it was. I think I was from. Sorry, from the. Auto shoot, and I yeah. think we were talk- we we talked about Last Jedi a lot on mm-hmm. that set, um, especially because the trailer came out, so we were all like watching it like fucking six in the morning, yeah. Um, and uh, he, I mean, the argument that the Last Jedi shouldn't have been a a second act in a three act film series, it should have either been the end, it should have been the last film of the series, or it should have been its own standalone film, and I can see why. Because plot-wise, in terms of the overarching free the trilogy, mm-hmm. it really gives you nowhere to go. I can agree with that. It's a bit of a... I think it just doesn't achieve as much as it's trying to let on. I think it, it's a very... It's got a lot of weird moments that aren't really justified. I think the way that they handled things like... Um, God, I can't even remember his name. Who's the bad guy? The one that killed? What's his name? Snoke. Snoke. So yeah, just, that's how nothing he is in those films until... Well, that's why they kill him. Because he's fucking stupid character. No, well, it's, it feels more like they killed him because they didn't know how to write his character. There are things where it's like... I, I almost feel like Ryan Johnson was almost given these problems and just couldn't think of a way to fix them. Because they probably did make up this Snoke character... They did the thing because J.J. Abrams is a chronic mystery box person. Yeah, where he so he creates a lot it. of mysteries with nowhere to go. This is this is the thing I'm, I'm most worried about. Is they're very much. It's very apparent, very obvious that there's no, there was no plan across the trilogy, episode seven, eight, nine, like thematic connection or yeah. like plot connection. There was no plan. Which first off, for a film series as big, is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. You should have had a plan. Number two, um. If you're going to have J.J. on for two out of three of the films, it's going to feel aesthetically disconnected. Yeah. You know, and again, this is something that me and, and um, Blake were talking about, is the fact that J.J. should have just done all three films mm-hmm. because at least that way it would have been a, a kind of a flowing um, arc. The only argument you can make is, like, obviously with... Um, well, Trevor was going to do episode nine before. Well, the but, like, like with the original trilogy, Lucas did the first one, but didn't do five and six. Yeah. However, he still co. He was he's still, still there. involved. He was still very much, very much involved. And in apparently, those films. he's involved in episode nine. I read that somewhere. Oh god. Apparently, they. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> Lucas is involved in some way, shape, or form. Episode nine. I read that somewhere. So I think, um, there's yeah. I think you should have done all three, and I don't really have a real problem with like. Of course, I'll go watch another Ryan Johnson film, and I don't really think he's. I'm excited for his next one. Um. But I don't enjoy that film. I think that film tries to do too many things. But and my biggest thing, the thing I've stood by when we watched it, and now there's too many characters. 
And it might be the problem. It's the same problem I have with Infinity War. I'm This is probably why I'm going to enjoy Endgame way more because there's way less characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the characters are developed enough so we don't need any backstory. Whereas yep. in Last Jedi, we had three, char- three big mains, a couple of supplementaries, the old characters who don't need any backstory and can actually don't have to be too integral to the plot. They don't well, want don't, to be. There's only two of them. Yeah. Um, of the legacy So the introducing rather. of Benicio Del Toro's character, uh, Rose, Rose, which is obviously the infamous one. Um, just they're just two... We didn't need them in, those, in the storyline. And they... Cl- like, and making Phasma a bit more apparent in this film was another thing. Like, it just wasn't... Yeah, Fa- Phasma's always been stupid across all the... They, they really just keep bringing her back to die. Yeah. Like it's she just just died in episode seven. It would have been less stupid than her arc in anything it, else. It feels very much yeah, like they just don't. They didn't think about a lot of this stuff, and um, that film yeah. feels very. I don't know. It was a frustrating experience to yeah. watch, and I well, haven't. I bought like I bought it, and I haven't rewatched it since that film. But tying back. After no, all, like I was saying, yeah. like that disconnect that you're going to have with different directors, my main issue is not the disconnect, but rather the fact that each director is essentially trying to undo each other's work, like it's some sort of yeah. rivalry. You know, Johnson was doing uh, undoing a lot of Abrams' mysteries and stuff, and now mm-hmm. it's going to be the other way around. Now they're going to be trying to subvert and reduct on a lot of what the previous episode did. So it just now it just seems like two directors purposely trying to fuck themselves over... Or yeah. fuck each other over for plot and thus, reasons. And what suffers is this trilogy. Yeah, yeah this we mess took, of a trilogy. We now. took a huge promising, like even though I love the film. Like, well, with JJ when he put out the first one, everyone loved the idea because mystery box worked perfect in a first act movie. Because yeah, of course, and a do. Star Wars film that is the first Star Wars quote unquote film in like thirty years. Yeah, so all of the mystery stuff, perfect, and it fit perfectly with. Uh, and that's why people drew so many parallels to A New Hope because it's mm-hmm. like that's what A New Hope was a lot of mystery stuff going on a lot of like there was a there was a story that had a resolution but the overarching story definitely didn't have a resolution there was a lot more to add and all absolutely and that just story. that second act I, I feel like Johnson especially just did he tried to say too much in that film the whole uh, B plot line with, with Rose and Finn at that casino planet and talking about war profiteering and slavery and animal cruelty and all that extra stuff that didn't would would have worked great in a TV show, but just doesn't work with all of the other story stuff we're trying to tell. And I know that you have to give Finn something to do in this, so he has a bit more of a character arc. But it, the reality was, they they didn't have any way to go with with mm-hmm. two out of three of the characters. That's why Poe is sitting on a ship for the entire time and not really doing anything apart from he's now a hotshot who can't obey orders, even though mm-hmm. in the previous film. He wasn't. He wasn't like disobeying orders at all. He was a bit of a. He was a bit of a Han Solo replica, basically, and and that's where he kind of sat. But he wasn't a bad. Like he wasn't disobeying orders or anything like that. So, but I feel like that's also a lot to do with JJ undercooking a lot of the characters too. He focused a lot. Did he on undercook him? I feel like he focused a lot on Ray. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the first film, um, so Ray's character felt like the only one that, even in Ryan's, uh, you know, Johnson's film. Still got serviced really well. Her her service in both films is pretty good, and I like mm, okay. I like that. Yeah. But it's the other characters that we're working around. It's like it's essentially like saying, "Oh, we're really going to service Luke's story, but Han and Leia's story is just 
non-existent. It doesn't matter. Right. Whereas, I don't know. I feel like this film, they weren't really integral to each other where they were in other films and it helps a little bit more. It I makes think, it less yeah, jumpy. I think, I think that's the main thing. Is that I, love, I love episode seven. I love episode eight. But even if I go on to love episode nine, I'm still going to hate the fact that those three films are meant to be watched together as a trilogy. Because, you know, yeah. they might as well be the bloody, the separate films that they've been doing with exactly. Rogue One and stuff. And I think this film, uh, what I got from the trailer is, it almost feels like the producers are hitting the panic button. If they're bringing back Palpatine, I don't want to see Palpatine. I don't. I really don't. I don't want to see the Emperor again. Well, like, if you watch the trailer, because, like, they talk about how they want this episode nine to be a conclusion to all all the eight other films, the entire, like, saga... Which worries me because it's like if you look at the trailers, like there's a part where it's like it could be pod racing, like through the desert. Excuse me. <clears throat> there's like a scene like that in there, and then you know um, the Palpatine stuff again, and like there's rumors that bloody Hayden Christensen, Chris, the Anakin's involved. You know, like a lot of stuff that makes no sense. Like, and I mean, it's the complete. Come rever- back as a ghost. That's the only thing I could see. And it's the complete opposite of what I mean. That's again. This is J.J. Abrams taking shots. At Ryan Johnson, first yeah. off, you get the you know Kylo Ren repairing the helmet, like that's an obvious one. Yeah, kind of looks cool, like with the cracks kind of welded back together. Cool, looks cool. I will, um, yeah. But um, what was I saying? The, the fact that they're taking shots at each other, they're focusing on honing in on the Star Wars as a saga mm-hmm. and like celebrating it as a series, while Last Jedi was almost doing the exact opposite of trying to revert everything that it established yeah. and put it on its head. So no, the directors are just taking shots at each other, and I hate that. Yeah, because it feels because it ends up being kind of a convoluted story. I don't like they're bringing stuff back. I think, um, it, you know, how you say oh, it's like it's supposed to be the conclusion to all nine films, yeah. and it just feels like it doesn't because the conclusion came with technically quote unquote the sixth film or the third film. Really, exactly. You get and... more of a thematic completion from four to six or one to six. Yeah, those all work as conclusions to both their own trilogies and the entire saga, and I just don't see how they can These do that. These films with this one. are legitimately they were one they were money grabs, and it worked obviously. And then well, they needed to make their four bloody billion dollars back. Exactly, they were money grabs, and they could have been a precipent to set up a really cool, like trilogy. And honestly, it, because it's so divisive and. And and Solo was such a, a lazy mess, and Rogue One was relatively divisive, but liked by fans. I think it was really generally liked. liked more than divisive. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and they felt like they were well, they were doing. They went what Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi, Last Jedi Solo. Solo. So it, it, technically, on a popularity scale, has been declining. Yeah. Generally speaking, and, they started for good high. Yeah, and then yeah. And it it feels like it's gotten less and less, and uh, like I think I think they even... killed themselves. First off, Solo has been a bad movie, but also coming out in May, right after Last Jedi. If yeah. they just waited another year, did it at Christmas again, I think it would have definitely not hurt their chances. But it was probably due a lot of the production going back and forth. Luke, yeah, that production was a bloody mess. I didn't get a lot from the trailer. I'm a, I'm a bit exhausted to see the nostalgia trip. I even I like Lando's character, but I would have liked to have seen him earlier, and I would have liked to see him in a supplementary role or a, a smaller role, not really essential to the plot, more a, a fan service, but not integral. You know, like yeah, fair enough. Like um, I, yeah, because Solo know. has a place in the story. Like 
Han Solo had a place in the story, a perfect place in the story. Carrie Fisher's character has a place in the story. Made sense. Luke definitely has a place in them. Those three did. Lando was the supplementary character in the originals. I feel like he's just being brought back now to just... Well, the There's still some fans. alive, guys. Yeah. And I don't care for that. Um, we're I never, trying to I never, I never cared for Lando, to be honest. I, oh. I, just, I just think... Yeah. Oh. I wouldn't go that far, but... And I think there's nothing really yeah, else to offer. In it. There's a cool slow-mo <laughs> shot that looks like it's out of 300 with Kylo, where he's like What's this? destroying a dude in the like a forest. That looks dope though. Like the, vis- like the, three- vis- the vision of that it looks, looks like cool. a 300 movie. I don't know if they got Brian Singer. No, Brian is Brian Singer. Yeah, Brian Singer. Yeah. <laughs> got him. Oopsie, that's a bad joke, isn't it? Yeah. Zack Snyder. Me, me Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, Snyder. Like, Sorry. What are you talk about Snyder's a good guy. Um, he's all right. Visually, I hope he's doing okay. Thing. I hope he's doing okay. I'm sure he's doing okay. I'm sure the money, the lod, lods of money. Okay, well, this uh, is going to be... Uh, we went from the shortest opening to, to the, the longest. longest. Yeah, well... We're well over. Are we good? Are we ready to jump into our we movie We are most of the definitely week? ready to jump into our movie of the Let's week. Let's talk about Shazam. You've run from foster homes in six counties. I can take care of myself. When you're 18... Give these people a chance. We all have a superhero inside of us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In 14-year-old Billy Batson's case, all he needs to do is shout out one word to transform into adult superhero, Shazam. Still a kid at heart, Shazam reveals in a... Reveals in a new version of himself by doing what any other teen would do. Have fun while testing out his newfound powers. But he'll need to master them quickly before the evil Dr. Thaddeus Silvana can get his hands on Shazam's. Magical abilities. The evil doctor. This film was directed by David Sandberg and produced by Peter Safran. Safran. And studies stars. And who, and who is Zachary and who Levi. was who was the music by Zeke? Do you just know that off by by head? Benjamin Walsh Fisk. Whoa. Shit, you're smart. Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't reading that off. <laughs> IMDb. Shazam. Shazam. So, Jake, 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 we got to see this yes. film, what, two nights ago? Maybe yes. three nights ago. Two nights ago. Two nights ago. Correct. It was a lot of fun. Didn't see the trailers. We were running a bit behind. Oh, yeah. We got this so late. But That's it's right. okay. We made it. Because we this film, in all seriousness, is probably... The best film I've ever... No, it's not. No. But it was probably the most I was looking forward to in a DC film. Since, admittedly, probably the first teaser trailer of Batman v Superman. Fair enough. So, not the actual final film, but the teaser. (laughs) Um, Because, obviously, I enjoyed Wonder Woman. What was the teaser for that Batman v Superman? It was a lot of fun. (laughs) What was it, though? (laughs) It it just was kind of serious and Zack Snyder-y, which we all should have just seen the writing on the wall, but we didn't. All right, all right, fair enough. So, here we are. But this film, on the other hand... Um, hmm... How do we? Where do we start with this film? Did we enjoy it, Jake? I I enjoyed chunks of it. I enjoyed big chunks of it. I've had some time to digest because I I laughed a lot during the film. I was having yes. fun. I the aspect I was most looking forward to, which was the whole the concept of a teenager or young teen kid mm-hmm. becoming an adult superhero. Yes, and it, that lived up to the hype in my like. I had a lot of fun with those little I absolutely chunks. Absolutely agree. Um, but I, I, it ended really quickly for me and it it may, it had time to digest where I realized that the best part of the film was the second act, that whole chunk of film. 
and it was also incredibly short that second act. Yeah, and it just kind of ended. I think, um, like you said, I think from a comedy standard point of view, this film does actually nail it. Yeah. It does. It it it's a uh, it has some pretty strong teenage performances and young children performances. From oh yeah, the, yeah, no, and the family good. members, which which was nice. Yeah, the majority um, of the kids were good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, real interesting when you look at um, the director David Sandberg because he's only really done um, what like Lights Out, Annabelle Creation, he did horror stuff. Yeah, yeah, horror exactly. stuff. So doesn't even come from a comedy background, but I think. I mean, wasn't that similar with Aquaman? Yeah, different but similar. Well, I haven't ca- I haven't watched Aquaman yet. Well, I haven't I've I've watched it either. But the idea the idea that they got that that director with that mm-hmm. kind of backlot or yeah. kind of, you know resume behind him says a lot mm-hmm. about DC's decisions, which is interesting because getting Zack Snyder out of there, you know, again, I hope he's doing well, mm-hmm. but getting him out of there was quite important for the DC. Universe. I think so, and I think this film is. Uh, entertaining in that second act. It's pretty strong even in the first act. I think... Um, it's all right. First act's all right. Uh, tonally, it's was, a bit... In- I was into what we're doing. It's a bit interesting with the opening sequence coming from the villain's point of view. I actually really like that. Played by uh, Mark because Strong. Because that's not what you expected. It's a star, um, and I like that. Yeah, and... it's But it's also... You know, it's funny. It's it, we, we were talking about how Zack Snyder's moved away. That opening sequence, it's very dark. Yeah. It's quite gruesome. It's kind of tonally... Off compared to the rest of the film, in my opinion, it kind of comes off a bit more serious compared to the yeah. rest of the, the film, which becomes quite light. <laughs> it reminded me of um Doctor Strange, the car accident in Doctor Strange, where it was just so over the top. Mm. I was like, why? Yeah, I mean Doctor Strange was even worse. Like he bloody like the car like literally falls off a bloody mountain. Yes, and just like hits everything, and like he's ever he's fine except his hands are broken. Whoops, and this one. They all survive. All three characters in that car crash survive, but they yes. also like tumble and tumble and tumble in that car. Yeah, it's, it's a, crazy. It's a very interesting um, opening scene. I do like that it comes from the villain point of view. I think Mark Strong. I think it's Mark Strong. Um, I will just quickly check that one. But what the actor? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Thaddeus. He is in the film. Yeah, Mark Strong. I think he nice. does pretty well. But Jesus Christ, I think he's... That's probably one of the weakest villains that we've... I don't think it's a very strong villain. Yeah, it's... It's not, it's, it's not that believable that. in the sense that, like, a kid having a daydream leads to that kind of level of obsession. You see that he's, like, basically funded entire government, like, yeah. departments to research, like, these this weird epidemic of kids seeing weird wizards... I, I think <laughs> like stuff, I just said that out loud. <laughs> exactly. It's like I feel like he does the best he can do with what he's got, but uh, it's, what it's, he's got it's is silly. Just, it's fun though. It's just so absurdly silly that it's like, especially it's interesting where this film's yeah. come out because it came out what at the start of April. So it's like yeah, yeah. So it's like less than April Fools. I don't know, <laughs> but it's less than what less than a month. Out from Endgame, which is so tonally different. Yeah, which so is, I, I is very takes itself very seriously yeah. in a good way. And the threat level in that film is debatably what most people were 
who watch those films claim is one of the best villains of the MCU. Yeah, uh, by far within um, that yeah MCU by um, far best. Villain. And to have this guy come along like Strong's performance and it's like yeah, just his type of villain. It's just not on the same level. I think the CGI is not crash hot in this film. Oh, it's, it's it's so bad. Like the the end fight scene, I was just like, what the fuck am I looking at? I mean, yeah. I like the elements of. We'll get to it. But um, that CGI in particular, like the monsters and stuff, yeah, like, that was. Just I don't know why they keep going back to that sort of that Batman v Superman, like uh, what's it, Doomsday, sort of like. It wasn't CGI so that... bad this time. It was a little. It was like a little carnival. Yeah, but that's like kind of that's that where down Wonder final... Woman too. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman CGI lost so much momentum from that. Yeah, CGI yeah, fest ending. Because what I've what I've started They're so obsessed to, with that man. Why? I think the CGI fights have been the consistent downfall. Because if you even look at Snyder's film, that opening is very strong. Even though we've seen the Batman origin story before, the way they shoot that opening. Batman scene, v Superman. Yes. I still like elements of that film. I'm I'm like, I sit on like a B minus with that film. Like mm-hmm. honestly, there's a lot about Batman v Superman. I think, I think people shouldn't shit on it too much. It's it's this. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's I don't think it's as bad as I'm with you. I yeah, think you're, uh, it's not as right. bad as Justice too long. or shit like that. Um, it is too long, I think. I think it, it, yeah, fair enough. I think, But then a lot of people are pretty divisive on Man of Steel too. Some people don't have as much problem with Man of Steel as other people. I don't remember anything about Man of Steel. Um, I didn't watch it properly though. That's what I've consistently ironed out with these films is the biggest elements that struggle with it are generally um, CGI. Yeah, CGI's with the exception, and because the scripts are normally adequate to okay, to sometimes even pretty good. They're serviceable for the most part. The um, scripts, with the exception of like Suicide Squad and stuff like Which that, is just trash. And Justice League is yes. trash. They're, those two films are just hot pieces of garbage. Like they're already rebooting so, uh, bloody whatever the fuck it's called, Suicide Squad, yeah. <laughs> with the Suicide Squad. Oh, they put mm. it there and there. We've yeah. saved it, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I think this film, Levi's performance as Shazam, is very funny. He's great. He's um, so good. That's like what you want from this film. And I is his charming, youthful innocence in playing like, that role. I like it. And so let's let's maybe get more into more a plot intricate thing. There's not a big spoiler thing. It's a superhero movie. You kind of gotta guess what's gonna happen anyway. Yeah, not not a lot to spoil here. Um, like I said, it, it kind of I feel like Act Two gets cut in half and just jumps straight into like the climactic like ending with the bad guy. And yeah, stuff. there's a really there's a really cool moment where um, he fi- Billy Batson finally meets his mum, and oh, that's right. I feel like that scene gets so brushed over. What was the deal? Like his mum is just a bitch. She's a, is that all well, it is? Basically, she's a she's a teenage mum, young mum, yeah, who takes an opportunity which, to abandon her responsibilities, which is fantastically bad when it comes to like unredeemable character. Well, exactly, like that would be a great character to explore, and a character, in another film though. Yeah, I mean, you almost need a, f- a film to service how negative that relationship is because it's like. Uh, I think this. I mean, char- that's, I mean, that's why the Babadook explores explores a mother who potentially hates her son. Yeah. You know? And she's... But it's... but the For thing, different reasons, though. But it's... But I, I feel like it's, it is. It's incredibly frustrating because it's like... It was completely... It was... It's what defined Batson as a character and why he wasn't letting that other family in. He was trying to find his, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, original 
organic family, I suppose. And without realizing he had one. And the one. payoff and that's is arc. such a two-minute thing because it has to be supplemented by the the strong villain plotline. Yeah. And it, it gets completely thrown to the wayside, and he recovers so quickly. And then it that's leads true. into that's true. Yeah. Whereas. I'm sorry if if I'm a 14 year old boy. My mum's literally saying I ran away because I, was, I didn't want to be responsible, and was so quick to dismiss. Yeah, you know that's not how that scene would have panned out in real life, or even you're right. They brushed over that. So like I forgot that was even like an arc in the and film. It's, it's it a kind of an unashamable brush over because their entire films that focus on the relationship between a neglectful perennial figure and the teenager who doesn't really comprehend it. And I think it would have been more bold if this film just dropped the villain. I think so. And just find a more interesting way to tell the story. And the, his superpower, him turning into... Yeah, imagine Spider-Man 2 without Doc Ock. I mean, it would have been worse because Doc Ock was great. Yeah. But there's still a story in there. Absolutely. So. I think, but it's also the tone this trying, this film's trying to... Yeah, the, the one problem is the comedy aspects are realistic and believable coming from a 14-year-old who gets in embellished with all his powers yeah, but like exactly and that's the best part of this film right there yeah but then it's really hard to kind of keep the tonal thing about a separation from their mother obsession storyline you know I, I don't know these these things always have kind of a tonal roller coaster, and I don't really know yeah. where to I know but they could have used that to their advantage though I feel like I mean there's, there's elements of that in here where he's using this superhero ability to kind of escape from his harsh reality his personal issues yeah. of trying to find his mum and his family and stuff um, it's, I just, it's weird for me because this film, I, like I said, I, I feel like it, it's too short or it's missing pieces, mm-hmm. but then the runtime is like two hours, 11 minutes, something like that. Yeah. It's like way longer than it feels like. And that's when I'm like, drop the, because vi- the villain, no, I don't care about the villain. I don't care. Yeah. It was a cool end sequence when, you know, spoilers, his, the rest of his adopted like brothers and sisters all become their own version of Shazam. Yeah, that's cool, but Power Rangers moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I whispered to you in the video. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, what's your Power, Power Rangers now? <laughs> we basically are, and I like. I I do actually really enjoy that aspect. I thought the CGI monsters are just terrible, yeah. and I think I don't know. See, the thing is, like, I know there are people that read the comic books and be like, well, he hasn't got a lot of good villains, but it's like I don't care. What if he's got? He has to, you know, verse a piece of sliced bread. You got to tell us. <laughs> you got to tell a story, and you got to tell it right. And you can't be like saying, "Oh, well, he's, like have that scene with the mum uh, in a really kind of well composed shot scene and like really good moment." Yeah. And then throw Even it away just him so being claustrophobic in like a hallway. Because yeah. frankly, he likes. I I don't. I'm not disputing. He didn't feel like he <laughs> like, appreciated. His new foster family, <laughs> but there in no way, shape, or form was there enough to justify his love for that family, like his deep-seated, like he he needed a family, and this family was extending the hand. But I don't know the the jump to like it's the same sort of jumps that I always struggle with if it's not developed correctly. Yeah. Whereas films like I feel like Guardians really did actually focus on developing a relationship between a bunch of strangers. Yeah, no, and Guardians, of- uh, you know, I have my issues with Guardians. I think it's overrated, but you're right. It hits all those nails in the head easily. Yeah. And by easily. the end of the first movie, you're like, yeah, no, this group's been through enough to justify them getting along with each other to this extent. Yeah, absolutely. And to care about each other to enough to this point. And I think... I feel like Shazam got close with that, though. Like, they had the elements, they had the thing. The, the relationship with the, the, the quote-unquote brother... 
Yeah. You know, he's got the um like the cane or I think it does whatever. pretty well. That's great. I think that's does... great because they get a lot of screen time together. Their relationship is yeah, very and well even established. like the supplementary stuff with the younger sister, the Darla, younger sister, and the who's the best sister. character in any film ever. She's so like <laughs> I said to you when we were watching. I was yeah, just like, yeah, like yeah. I, I don't like kids at all, and it's like <laughs> and. I hate, I hate kids. I hate them. And <laughs> but even that girl, I couldn't help but smile because she was just so. There was a, such nice. a genuineness to yeah. her, like trying to be nice to the new kid. Was, really that was it. really sweet. And I really cared for the the, the family other two characters. were underdeveloped though. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm glad we. I remembered because um, so part of that that kid they give that kid shit because like he's playing a video game and they have those like yeah. stereotypical jokes or like, he's got the headphones on like screaming shit. We had. Some annoying fucking kids sitting in front of us at the theater. We did. We had like four. I couldn't. I couldn't tell if there were eight. This is a cinema sideshow PSA announcement. If you go to a movie <laughs> and there's this little thing, before when the lights go out, they go. It's time turn, to turn, turn off, off your phones. your mobile phones. Turn your fucking mobile phones off. This kid was using front camera flash on Snapchat multiple times right in front of us and didn't even save any of the photos. And the fact that I can tell you that because it was so clear what he was doing on his phone in front of me while the movie was playing is pissing me off. It's like, mate, and it's always it's always like some 14 or 15-year-old teenager who's, mate, no one thinks you're cool for taking a photo in the middle of a theatre for Shazam. And it's like, take your... <sighs> Five size too big clothing. Go to another. <laughs> go to another theater. And fuck off. <laughs> just turn off your phone. It's like it, whenever I hear a mobile go off in a movie, I feel like there's a collective ninety percent of the theater that are just searching for that yeah, mobile. Yeah, like where, where, where did they go? I, so five minutes just... in, I was ready to abuse them, and I was like, you know what? I don't even have the end because, like, I didn't know if they were going to be hostile back. That's, yeah. No, I mean, they wouldn't have been. If I've learned anything from like abusing phone users in movies, is that they squirm as soon as someone talks to them. Yeah. Immediately. So I should have known better. I, I should have said honesty, something. But... I, like uh, after the first couple, I didn't really notice it because I was just looking at the movie. Yeah. But... I think it was the two. It was the two kids I think on you the might right. Have had a worse I, angle. I think I had a worse angle. Exactly. The reason I brought it up though, with that that particular scene where the kids playing. And he's, it's like, oh, <laughs> look at him. He's taking this game really seriously. Mm-hmm. Those kids had those, like, awkward laughs during those jokes where they were, like, laughing to pretend like that's not what they're like. <laughs> and I just laughed to myself because they were doing that. It's like, just like, you're paying, I don't understand, I don't understand why you're paying 15, 20 bucks to exactly. see a movie and then you're going to be you're on, your on your phone, phone for the entire it's time. Like, just go home, put on a film in the background if you really need something. It's so. when I, when we did the disconnected premiere. Um, a few weeks or I guess a month and a half ago now it was a while ago now Um, a lot of the internal conversations with the people at the theatre because I learned a lot about theatres and how they run screens mm-hmm. and so I learned a lot in that like that day literally just that day that we screened it and the guy was running the show I mean I was kind of half running the show but it was that case of like I gave him cues based on like, like subtle cues. Mm-hmm. Like when I say this, you do this with the lighting, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it seems really subtle when the audience is there. And that prim- that was different because that's a 50 seat like theater that's very mm-hmm. specifically designed and catered. It's not like a multiplex. Um, so there's more specific things. But the guy told me, he's like, hey, if you're running a show, 
if anyone's on their phone, if I see any phones during the film, I will stop the film. I will stop your film and I won't play it again until they get off their phone. Like, people are so serious about that when it comes mm-hmm. to running theaters and stuff. Um, and you're right. Why do you spend this money to enjoy a film? I understand, you know, you get a general audience that just, oh, okay, it's a film. And then they, you know, they get yeah. dinner. I can understand people having that mindset, not really caring to the extent that we would care mm-hmm. because we're picking up on a lot more stuff watching these films than a general audience no, might. Absolutely. So we're trying to take in more than maybe the general audience is. But you're right. Why in the fuck are you paying money to watch a movie and you don't watch it? Well, I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about Shazam. I think, <laughs> um, I think the tangent was appropriate. That's our review of Shazam. No, honestly, dude, Jack I Bet, think there's 2K19. not a lot to say. It's funny when it wants to be funny. Um, I feel like it's undercooked in some parts. Um, I agree with you that um, now that we've discussed it, there's a lot of plot stuff I wish they rearranged. I wish they rearranged the puzzle. Either prioritized. Less or... villains, more of that interesting stuff with the parents. and I think payoffs. Strong does the best with what he has, but what he has is not good. And I think the CGI is terrible. And stop Yeah, they it. should have cut that. And if anything, I'm hoping that this Joker film coming out is going to be a learning experience. Maybe we'll get more... Yeah. Character studies mm, and, less and less CGI monsters. Because the fact of the matter is, I don't think it's what people really want to see. And I nah, don't understand. It's, it's, fine. it's boring as well. Unless you pull off what they did with Thanos, which is hard. Yeah. It's a lot of money to make him look right. And it's a lot of creative thinking to make the character's motivation and like mm-hmm. the performance and stuff all translate and make sense for an audience. They they struck gold with Thanos. Absolutely. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, we're talking about a lot of shit this past week, and um, you know, with these guys, we we're talking about Thanos. And I remember I was like, I was really down on Infinity War before I saw it, mm-hmm. and it was because of Thanos. Like, I don't give a shit about this guy. And that one movie turned it around because they just perfected it, and it's not easy for them to do. So why did DC keep trying to do it and then failing? Well, I think that's the thing you know? they've got to consider in the future with their future films, and maybe Joker will. If, I don't know. But it's is part that, of that's, that surely isn't it's standalone. A part of, it's standalone for but, sure, which is why it looks good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Any highlight scenes for you, Zeke and Shazam? The convenience of... store scene. Oh yes. Was very I would like funny. to buy some of your finest beer. I think it was more the bulletproof uh, part. Oh, uh, that's great. Back and forth. You're gonna bo- shoot me in the face. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's um, a great scene. That's a fun scene. I like that scene. Um, I love the way it's shot and just holds in him when he's also with the beer. That would be. It's so I good. think I've only got one. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Um. See if I can raise it up a bit. That should we give a shout out to that wizard character because he was just kind of like. No. Guys, I'm here. Actually, that's another thing I want to mention. The fact that when when these characters enter like the cave, mm-hmm. like the Shazam cave, whatever at the start, they we do it three times, and every single time. They have, like, the music and the way it's shot. is like, wow, look at this spectacle. Like, where am mm-hmm. I? You know? And two of them are with the same character who's already been there before. Why Why are we it's presenting this? Yeah, it's like, it's like we don't need to be amazed by this the third time. Yeah. You know? At least not the second the time. The Monsters, Inc. montage. Where they were. <laughs> yeah, this Monsters, Inc. That's totally... Oh, if, that is not, the if that is not a direct relation to Monsters, Inc. They are literally opening doors to worlds in which monsters are on the other side and they're humans <laughs> opening a door 
to monsters. Live action Monsters Inc. Uh, if that is not a that homage, is so true. I lost it when you said that. There has to be some. They sat down and they were like, "Hey, we want to do a Monsters Inc. scene where humans are opening the door to monsters." <laughs> it's so true. Um, I can't honestly. You're right. The convenience store is great. Honestly, I do want to give a bit of a shout out to. There's a scene when he saves um the people on the bus. He he um he's messing around with his powers, trying to make money and like get fame. And he accidentally derails a bus, and almost falls off like a bridge. I hate that scene. No, well, I'm talking about the scene oh. after that okay. when when he's like quote unquote brother comes up and they start arguing. Oh, yeah, that's a good scene. I like that scene. It's I want to give a shout out to that scene. I thought that I dynamic hate was that interesting. Scene with the bus though. I don't like. I feel like I don't know. I just don't like that scene. I don't. What like about it? it? I don't like, for some reason, all those people dropping from the top of the bus don't shatter the glass. That's a good point. That looked way more painful than it, like, seemed to be like, in, in the like film. It almost felt like it was like a jackass sort of painful gag, and I don't think it lands very well. And I think that scene's kind of silly. And I know it's to set I agree. Up that was uncomfortable, those, like, impacts that they yeah. got from, like, hitting the... And it was a bit like, ooh, um, I don't really know what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really didn't enjoy it. Fair enough. Well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, I still... I don't know if I would... Uh, I would recommend it, because I had enough fun. I I had some like weird issues, and talking to that with you, mm-hmm. there's stuff I think, yeah, could have been rearranged or changed, but I mean, I think it's worth it for that second act. The I went into this movie excited about the concept of a kid turned into an adult superhero, and having... To, like, buying beer, that's exactly what I wanted and we got just enough of that for me to have fun with if there's a Shazam sequel they need to double down on that but you're right they need to double down on that family aspect because you're right there's some interesting stuff there they didn't explore enough absolutely well Shazam is out in wide release it Uh, is y'all can check it out get in there before Endgame all the Endgame posters are coming up Yes. I've been taking the same trip up and down the last week, and uh, the poster went up halfway through Avengers Endgame. Like, they just keep coming up on buses and stuff. Well, I'm excited. new in cinemas this week. Um, mm. We've got The Curse of the Weeping Woman. That's pretty much all I can see that's worth talking about. Well, it's interesting because I'm actually... I'm seeing that tomorrow with me ma. There you go. My mum won uh, advanced tickets to... Or, and the tickets to an advanced screening. So we get to watch it for free tomorrow. That's pretty crazy. I think it's like a gold... Class like lounge type thing. I think I think so. I'm big excited week, for it. It's big week be... next week. Um, there's some pretty cool uh, indie films that have come out in wide uh, for okay more wide release theaters and also Avengers Endgame comes out on the 24th. Um, oh so... my god! It does. I keep forgetting it now. I'm getting excited. Uh, speaking of Endgame, you came up with a pretty sweet idea. We're gonna do Endgame for episode 15. Yeah, which will knock our schedule for our directors' corners off a loop. But you decided to remedy this situation with doing Director's Corner next week. Right, so we're going to do Director's Corner a little early, doing it in episode 14. And I thought but in celebration of Endgame, I would like to do the very first film directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Collingwood. How much money did you wake up with in your pocket this morning? 55 cents. <laughs> if you're going to lead a life of crime... You better know what you're doing. You know who we are? You fellas know Riley? You guys know Perro? Did we know a safe cracker? This is the story of a heist. Five hapless misfits from a hard luck streets of Cleveland band together to try and pull off the greatest job they've ever heard of. Opportunities like this don't come 
along every day for the hard luck folks who hang around the streets of Collingwood, a working class neighborhood on Cleveland's east side. When their plans go awry, this army find themselves gaining more than they lose. So this is the uh, first film in 2002, directed by the Russo brothers, who obviously went on to do uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and now Endgame for Marvel. Um, I'm a huge fan of these directors, but I've only seen their Marvel works. And the reason I like them is because they do the impossible. Um, I know you disagree on some mm-hmm. things. I I love Infinity War because they made it work, in my opinion. You don't see it that way. I see it as they did the best they could. Yeah, um, well, exactly. So they went, they probably, I don't know if anyone could have really done that. Yeah. Um, And I think they, like that film, I went, I, I still have, you know, the funny part is I went and saw that midnight when it came out. Yeah. And I haven't watched it since. Um, I thought you've seen it multiple times though. Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I've seen it like twice on DVD. Okay. And then one, I only saw it once in the theatre. Oh no, I saw it twice in the theatre. Oh man, I just see so many... You're That's going like crazy. a humble, bra- a humble brag. You could, um, yeah. <laughs> you could afford the I movie twice. twice. <laughs> I saw it twice in the theatre. That's I like a million dollars. I've seen it passively. I haven't watched it all the way through on DVD. I think okay, I've gotcha. all, twice I've attempted and just not really got it. Now, you want to do Midnight. I do. For, is there a Midnight screening, though? We can find one. I looked it up this morning. I don't think Hoyts has them, but we can we look. We will find one. We will find one. If Whatever can... it takes. Yes. Um, but this film... But I'm... until then, welcome to Collingwood. Will be interesting to check it out. We're gonna don't have to know find to that. I don't know. I don't know if it's on Netflix or DVD. We're gonna. We're gonna find. I'm that. I'm sure we'll find it one way or another. Wink. Um, what? What? <laughs> Why did you wink at me, Zeke? <laughs> You'll find out next week as we review. Welcome to Collingwood. I was Zeke. I was Jake. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week with Welcome to Collingwood. <laughs>